China's coronavirus lockdown is lifting, so we're catching up with the expats in Ningbo, near Shanghai, to see what they've been up to and how they've survived. Well, welcome again to another interview in Ningbo. Tonight with us, we have Steve. Hello. How are you? Pretty good. So, Steve, uh, we're just catching up with what's happened during the lockdown here in China. So, it kind of overlapped with the Chinese New Year with the whole COVID-19 thing. Yeah. So, we're just trying to figure out how did you pass the time for the New Year and how did that drift into the lockdown afterwards? So, at the beginning of the New Year, we went to Jiaxing, where my wife is from. And uh, since I was... I had a plan to South Africa on the 27th of January. So that was about the third day into Chinese New Year. So we actually had a big family gathering at my father-in-law's house in the countryside. So we had about 50 people for dinner on January 25th, which was about when the, the whole virus was starting at that time. So uh, we were lucky that, that nobody had any problems so on, actually a funny story, on the 27th, I went from Jashing to the airport, Pudong, to fly to Cape Town. And uh, the driver in the car, he turned up the heat really high in the car. So we were driving down the highway and they had checks along, checkpoints along the highway between Jashing and Shanghai. So uh, they, they stopped the car, they're all in hazmat suits, they came up to scan my forehead. And they're like, you, ni fashala, like you have a fever. And then they basically, 10 people in hazmat suits started to surround the car to like extract me, take me out. And then one guy was like, stick your head out the window. And then I stuck my head out the window and he scanned me again. He's like, oh, you're fine. Yeah, you can go. So that was, that was part of the adventure. And then uh, I can say it was kind of an odd sensation being in the airport in Shanghai with everybody wearing the masks at that time. It's sort of very impersonal. You know, you can't really see anybody's expression at all. So that was kind of a unique thing. And uh, yeah, so I flew from Shanghai to uh, Ethiopia, actually. My, my uncle actually passed away in Ethiopia. So I wanted to uh, pass through Ethiopia. To, he was on, he was on the, um, the flight that crashed in Ethiopia. So I, I, I stopped through there. I was kind of a little bit shocked that once I arrived from China to Ethiopia, there were no checks, no nothing. I, I thought we would go through a special area and they would there would be some, you know, it would check our temperature and stuff like that. But actually, we were just put in with the general. Yeah, the rest of the population. world kind of came in a little bit behind yeah, China yeah, on that yeah, one. Definitely. So I was a little bit surprised by that. And then, yeah, I flew directly to uh, Cape Town for my friend's wedding. So that was nice. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, since you flew out, how was the trip back? Because it did become a little bit more harder to kind of come back to China afterwards. So on February 5th, I, I had a flight from Cape Town through Dubai to uh, Shanghai. And uh, I arrived at the airport at 9 o'clock. My flight was at like 10.30. And when I went to check in, they're like, oh, your flight's been canceled. Sure. So like... There's no message or no email or like it was canceled maybe 15 minutes before check-in, I guess. So the, the girl was like at the, at the desk. She was like, uh, is there anything else I can help you with? 
I was like, I was, I was really angry. So I, I started, I started yelling and then all like the security guys came and then I like met with the, the Emirates, I was flying on Emirates. So then we like rebooked a flight through Beijing. So I, I was like right on the day where they canceled all the flights to Shanghai and put all the flights through Beijing. So, uh, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't a big, big problem. And then when I arrived in Beijing, uh, it was pretty strict. There were like specific hotels that you could stay at. So I stayed at the uh, I stayed at the Hyatt, which was very nice, and it was actually the like evacuation zone. So when you arrive at the Hyatt hotel, there's a big sign that says like, it's like the foreign evacuation zone outside the hotel, but it, no big problems. And then I flew into Ningbo, and the the lineup at the Ningbo uh, airport was pretty long, so they were checking quite vigorously everybody. So, but it was okay. And then I got in a taxi and made my way back. And the taxi driver asked me, he's like, do you have the virus? I'm like, no. He's like, oh, that's good. <laughs> and well, in Chinese, obviously. But... That's one heck of a question, just asking straight up like that. Yeah. So it sounds like you had quite an adventure as you it was, were it was traveling quite, in and out there. It was quite an adventure. I, I, you know, I decided that I would take the risk to attend my, I have two friends from Cape Town got married they're also teaching in Ningbo as well maybe we can interview them later if you want we can probably <laughs> catch up with all they can of they can they can fill in some other parts of the story I'm sure yeah so it was pretty interesting well uh that's one of the things so let's backtrack a little bit so yeah. where are you from and what brought you to Ningbo in the first place I'm from Charlottetown Prince Edward Island Canada so uh, after I graduated I'm a graphic designer so after that I moved to New York worked for a year then I worked in Toronto for a few years and I just wanted to, I wanted to learn another language. So I had three job offers, one in Dubai, one in uh, Brazil, and one in China. And the Brazilians wanted me to come with no contract. And they were very, you know, they're like, ah, just come. You can stay at my uncle's house and we'll, we'll sort everything out later. So that, 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 that wasn't really my thing. And then in, in Dubai, they were like, you need to pay us first. And like for the, I had to pay for the apartment for one year and. It seemed... That's a steep price. Yeah, it was like $10,000 or something <sighs> ridiculous. The salary was quite high. He's in like an advertising... A good advertising agency in uh, Ogilvy, Dubai. So, interesting, but yeah. And then China, like, contract was very clear. Showed me pictures of my apartment. Showed me where I would be working and everything like that. So, I picked that and uh, yeah. I thought learning Chinese would be most interesting. Valuable, valuable skill. In this day and age, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, quite interesting. So when you came back, though, to Ningbo, did you notice any differences from before the lockdown and then what it looked like afterwards? I think um, just in general, I think people are a little bit more guarded. I think for... I don't want to use the word foreigner. I'll use the word expats. I don't like the word foreigner very much. But like... Um, I have a decent command of Chinese, so I think for me maybe it's a little bit different than some other people, because I think Chinese people are sensitive in this time. But I, I think if you can communicate with them properly, I think actually there's it's not a huge change. I mean there is a, there is a change, but I mean I think it's up to every individual to like communicate effectively to let, help people to understand, because there's a lot of generalizations and there's 
stereotyping and that kind of thing. But you can kind of fix that through communication. So I think, yeah, I, I think there's still a lot of Chinese people that I speak to are still surprised that I can speak Chinese with them. So once I kind of open the door and explain, they're like, oh, okay, like you're, you're kind of integrated with us. So I, I, I think, I think it depends on where you're at. And I, I think in general, Chinese people are just very curious and you know, you know, this in Canada, like people kind of mind their own, you know, they, there's not a lot of staring in Canada and there's a, a lot of social rules that don't necessarily exist here. So I think it's, I think it's important for people to understand that cultural differences. It's not that the Chinese are staring at the, the expats. It's the Chinese are staring at everyone all the time and it's normal. You can look wherever you want. You can look at people. You can check out their shoes. It's okay. But I guess for people from other cultures, maybe they're not used to it. And I think with the virus, it's more, not more curiosity, but people are, you know, people are trying to keep themselves safe and their family safe. And they're not wrong in a, in a respect. Like we are, expats are traveling more than the average Chinese person. So like, there is a better chance that a foreigner would have the virus possibly just in like traveling and, 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 you know, being out in the world, like there, there is a heightened risk. So I, I can under I can understand their perspective on that. So, but it was, it was kind of a funny thing because at the beginning it was like in Canada, everyone was like careful with, with the Chinese or with, you know, Asian people from of Asian descent. And then it kind of flipped at some point. Um, but I, I just, I just try to communicate effectively with everyone and let them know that I've been here for a while and that, you know, I'm kind of integrated. So I think, I think they can understand that. Yeah. You get to a point where you're like, I've been living here longer than you have in some cases. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 So, uh, well, that's interesting. And especially something with Ningbo, do you feel like there's a big difference between Ningbo and some of the other Chinese cities you've been to? Like not recently, but in general. Uh, been to quite a few Chinese cities, um, in terms of lifestyle or business or... Well, your feel that you get, like, what makes Ningbo Ningbo compared to other Chinese cities that you've been to? Kind of what makes you want to stay here instead of, let's say, moving to Xi'an? Um, I would say for me, Ningbo, I feel it's very, it's like ground level. It's a walkable city. Like Shanghai, for example, is is not a is not a walkable city. You need to like, I mean, certain areas. You, you know what I mean about walkable, right? Yes. Like Ningbo, you could walk from, like Laoitan, which is in the center of the city, all the way to, like Nottingham University in the south, and you could, you know, there's nice little paths, and it's all street level, and there's little shops and little communities along the way. You know, you're not like on these like big roads like. Uh, if you've been to like Los Angeles, like there's like highways through the city and you can't, you can't really walk around like without a car. So I, I appreciate Ningbo, the way that it's set up. It's very dense, but it's, and there's a lot of waterways and I really like the bike paths. I'm, I'm, I'm driving a, a moped around all the time, which I enjoy a lot. And I appreciate, I, I appreciate the structure of the city. And I think f for me, I have a, design agency, branding agency. So we kind of have a unique market in Ningbo. 
because there's not a lot of companies like ours. There's, there would be more in Shanghai or Beijing or Guangzhou or Hangzhou even. All right. So I, I like, for my particular business, Ningbo is suitable. And I, I like the city and yeah, I have lots of good friends here. So, so going okay. by this, I am kind of going that you probably have some future plans with the city. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I, I have no plans to leave, really. Um, we have a small piece of land in, in Prince Edward Island. We're kind of uh, fundraising to build some cabins there and uh, bring some of our clients and some of our friends to go there in the summertime to do some training and also just enjoy, you know, go fishing and do some camping and picking blueberries and that kind of thing. So we're, yeah, kind of setting up our tourism business on the Canadian side. And then we'll continue with our design and photography and video projects here in Ningbo, I think. Yeah. That's All the right. plan. That's the plan. Sounds cool. Yeah. So I hope we'll be seeing you around around town. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll be around. All right. Yeah. Well, Steve, thank you for coming today. It's a pleasure, man. Thank you for inviting me on the show. Well, <clears throat> we're hoping to continue it. So hopefully we'll get to see a little bit of everybody. Like and subscribe. So guys, <laughs> exactly. So thanks if you're on for YouTube, I guess. <laughs> if you're if you enjoyed the show this evening, um, do remember to like and subscribe, and hopefully we'll get to see you guys again for the next show next week. Thanks again. Thanks. Well, that was another interesting story. If you've liked what you've heard, don't forget to subscribe so you can get more great interviews next week. See you soon.